0: Joy to be able to sing together of uh, the King of, or to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, His goodness, and as we uh, focus this evening on His compassion. Uh, before we look uh, just for a few moments at God's Word, a portion that was already read in Luke two, I just want to make uh, a couple of, of announcements. As we will be talking about uh, Christmas Eve, Christmas time is a time when we especially remember uh, to be generous, uh, moments of compassion, uh, especially uh, towards those who are weak and vulnerable. We trust that that happens all year round, but on nights like tonight, it can be a good uh, time to remember uh, the calling of compassion. So, tonight, uh, as we've been doing for the last number of years, we have A donation to the Dawn Center, which is the pregnancy center. Uh, And their goal, among other things, is to care for those who are going through a difficult time and to protect the vulnerable uh, and the weak within the womb. Uh, So there is a black box on the exit and a black box on the exit here. If you would like to donate uh, either tonight or in the week ahead to the Dawn Center, uh, we encourage you to do so. We're thankful for the ministry and community and the work that it does Uh, for those who who need um, their conversation and their voice uh, in their life. Also, uh, you were handed a candle, we trust, and so uh, we are going to have, uh, after the meditation, uh, there will be ushers coming down the side, and they will light the candle, and I believe how it works is you will help light it uh, as you go in, and uh, you'll light one another's candles And we'll start that as we sing our final uh, two Christmas carols, Silent Night and O Holy Night. Uh, And uh, again, if you're visiting with us, and especially for those online, uh, we want to thank the Lord just for an evening together that we can spend time singing and praising His name. Now, when we come to the story in Luke 2 that uh, Pastor Byron read we uh we are reminded of a story well when when i actually when i hear that and i don't know maybe this just shows my age but i think of i think of uh snoopy and the charlie brown christmas can i how many people that was uh i i always think that's an amazing thing that back then the word of god was uh was read so clearly uh and as i think of uh this passage we when we read it, it's almost like everything about this passage is impressive. But the interesting thing is that there would have been some very ordinary things where we might have said, "Well, this isn't all actually all that impressive." I'll give you an illustration of a story that I heard, and you can probably guess the ending if you're a parent. Uh, The parent wanted to buy their child a gift, because a special gift that Christmas, because they had noticed that every Christmas that they bought their child a gift, they would end up playing with the box, right? So you put all this thought uh, into the toy, and they end up playing with the box in a matter of minutes. So they were determined to go and and really uh, work hard at this and buy their child the perfect gift. The last few years, the child ended up just playing with the box, and they said, we can change this. We can do something different. Uh, What is that one gift that the child could not resist? So they shopped, and they shopped, and uh, they finally found it, and it was a moment for them. They both knew that this was the toy that would capture uh, the child's attention that the child could not resist, so... That Christmas morning, it was like the parents anticipated the gift even more than the the child. They couldn't wait to see the the child's face. They thought, this is going to be astounding. Uh, He's going to open the gift, and this gift would capture his attention. And sure enough, uh, the young child opens the box, removes the toy, and he begins to play with it with enthusiasm. And there's this warm feeling of what the author called parental accomplishment. It's a win for the parent. Uh, this child is just enjoying the toy. So to take, uh, you know, to take a victory lap for the dad, he goes in and uh, he grabs something to drink. Uh, a few minutes later, he walks back into the living room. And this is where I think you probably know the ending. The toy is lying there in the middle of the room and the child is in the box playing with the box. They had this perfect gift And yet the child plays within the box. The gift could not capture the attention of the child. And that's the Christmas question. Does the gift capture our attention? Does what is valuable capture our attention? Would the gift announced to the shepherds by the angels capture the attention of the shepherds and by extension, Bethlehem, and then the world. What is it about this gift at Christmas that so captures our attention that we sing, and we try to capture our hearts, uh, the celebration of the glory of God and what he has done for us? We begin in uh, Luke chapter 2, and we read an angel coming to shepherds. Now we might go like Charlie Brown, this is an amazing moment, but really the story starts out very ordinary. First of all, the shepherds were nobodies. If you had good news of great joy, you wouldn't go to shepherds. You would go to probably anybody else but shepherds. Shepherds were out there. They were, they were protecting sheep. Um, they were, they, they were uh, outcasts of society. And yet, that's where the angel shows up. The angel shows up to tell shepherds. Not very important, outcast, but they ended up telling the shepherds. And then you come to the end uh, just before the choir arrives, and you read the angels say, you will find a baby wrapped tightly in cloth and lying in a manger. If shepherds were unimpressive, lying in a manger in a feeding trough was even more unimpressive. He was lying in a manger but if if that's all that you had to go on in this story you would say well there's nothing to see here no wonder someone's playing with a box instead of enjoying the gift but there's some things that capture our attention the very things that we might ignore or we might say well that's unimpressive we become captivated by the story the angel comes to shepherds and he moves and he, and he begins to tell them and the first thing that we read is that they're terrified the shepherds are terrified. So, what do we read? Whatever this announcement is, it comes with the great glory of God. It comes with great light. It comes with a great presence—a presence that makes us fearful in His uh, as we stand before Him. There is this great uh, glory that they're terrified with. So the angel begins, "Don't be afraid." But then there's this great promise. Imagine somebody coming up to you and saying, okay, I have good news of great joy for all the people. You might want to say to that person, well, don't overpromise. That's an amazing, if you could conquer that, if you could, for all people, if you could bring them great joy with this good news. So, there's great glory, there's a great promise, but there's also a great person, Because we read that not only does the angel say, don't be afraid, for look, I proclaim to you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Verse 11, today in the city of David, a Savior was born for you, who is the Messiah, the Lord. We'll take a look at those names just briefly in a moment. But basically what the angel is saying is someone great, someone promised since the beginning of time has arrived, in order to bring good news of great joy for all people. In other words, when the angels come and speak, the, angels are, the, angel, uh, the purpose of the angels is to say, this will capture your attention. Boys and girls, you might think, uh, there's so many things out there and you have so many things to look at. But then there's certain things that you look at and you say, that is interesting, I want to know more about that. That's what the angels are doing. They're capturing the attention. Now, you might say, well, what is this? What is this great news of great joy? Well, if you can imagine, I don't know how many of you uh, listen to Handel's Messiah during the Christmas season. Anybody listen? Anybody go to Handel's Messiah? An actual choir? Live? Beautiful. Now, could you imagine going to Handel's Messiah? You know what Handel's Messiah is, right? The Hallelujah Chorus, you stand. Could you imagine going to Handel's Messiah and you had one person singing all of Handel's Messiah? Just one person, doing every part of it. Singing Hallelujah, the Hallelujah Chorus, just one person. You know, you may have tried to sing that by yourself and you're that's not impressive. What, the capture... our attention. They bring together this entire choir in order to uh, proclaim this great gift that captures our attention. And so that's what happens. One angel comes and prepares us and says, you need to listen to this. And then a choir of angels come and say, this is what is so captivating about Christ. We read, suddenly there was a multitude of the heavenly hosts with Uh, the angel praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and peace on earth to people he favors. That is the great message of great joy. That is the good news of great joy for all people. But here's the amazing thing about what that choir says. People will read this and they will be unimpressed. They will be unimpressed, and I can understand in a sense why they will be unimpressed. And maybe tonight you come here and uh, you might say, well, I'm here for family, but really if if we're to have an honest coffee conversation, I'm not overly impressed with Jesus. And you might say, well, I might say, well, why are you not overly impressed with Jesus? And I think some of the words here captivate what's going on as to why we can play with the box and miss the gift why we can play with things that don't eternally matter and miss the gift of eternal life. Listen to what the choir sings. Glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to people he favors. Your conversation might go something like this. Well, if this is good news, I would like for you to come and visit my family because my family doesn't have a lot of peace. I would like for you to come and visit my heart. I would like for you to come and visit what's inside of me because I don't actually have a lot of peace. I'm so worried. I'm so anxious. Life seems so dark. Life seems so dismal. And yet here's someone who's promising peace. Or you might say I'd like you to invite I'd like to invite you into my world. Look at all the chaos in my world. In fact, I would like you to uh, see what the world, and grab a newspaper. There's so little peace going on. So this is how, this is what, what, uh, this is the only thing that I can come to a conclusion that this God who is in the highest heaven is either not powerful or He's not loving because something's wrong with this. Why is there so little peace? And people come and say, well, this great gift maybe it isn't such a great gift, and maybe this good news isn't such good news. How do we understand this? And this is where we conclude uh, with the message of compassion. Listen to what he says again. Glory to God in the highest heaven. Glory to God in the highest heaven. There is heaven and there is the highest heaven. In other words, this is the only true God, the one true God that will send Jesus, Messiah, Lord. The promise is not ultimately about peace in this world, One day after he returns, there will be that eternal peace. But until that day, there will be wars, there will be hurt, there will be suffering. The peace that God promises that brings glory to his name is found in the person Jesus. Jesus is the Savior. We need someone who will deliver us. He is the Messiah. The Messiah means that he is the equipped one. That he is the one who is equipped to save us. If you go through the entire Old Testament, that is the news of the coming Messiah. He is the equipped one who will save us, but he is also Lord. He is Savior, he is Messiah, and he is Lord. Lord means he's worthy of our hearts. He's worthy to be captivated by. He is worthy to follow. So, when we read this, glory to God in the highest heaven, God in all his power and in all his compassion sends peace on earth to people he favors. To people he favors is important because we are under the darkness of God. We are under the wrath of God. And what does Jesus promise through the one who will save us, through the Messiah, through the one who is Lord, who will lead us through this life, even the most difficult moments of life, his favor will be upon us. This is the greatest question that humanity faces. What is life? Why do I exist? And what will happen? And it is in this moment to shepherds in a field Field that there is a baby that is born who promises to be the Savior, to be the Messiah, and to be the Lord. There's three questions Can you save yourself? Are you equipped to save yourself? And are you equipped to be your own Lord who will find favor with God? Here's what Jesus does He looks at us completely. He looks at our mess, he looks at our sin, and he says, I will be your Savior. I I am the one equipped to save you, and I will be your Lord, the one that you will follow where you will find life. Here is the great news that we're captivated with. Are we playing with boxes? Are we missing the gift, the gift that there is a Savior who saves you from your sins, who delivers you from the wrath of God, because there is a Messiah who is equipped to go to the cross. And some of the most profound words he said on the cross is, it is finished. Do you ever finish something completely? What do you do? Like if you finish a project, you rest and you enjoy. Many people think coming to Christ is all about works. When you come to Christ, he's Savior He's Messiah. He's Lord. You rest and you enjoy Jesus. You rest and you find your peace in Jesus. And that's our prayer tonight for you that you would find rest in the Savior in the Messiah and in the Lord. He is the gift worthy of our attention. He is the gift worthy to be captivated by. Don't Find yourself playing with boxes when there is a gift there that answers all the questions of why we exist and where we're going. Let's bow in a word of prayer. Gracious God, thank you that you express to us and to shepherds. And Lord, we can feel like outcasts. We can feel like, why would you ever show favor to us? And that's what you did. You showed your favor to us, and you gave us life now and life everlasting. For those who come this evening and may say, I don't know how impressed I am with Jesus, may they know that there is a Savior who is equipped to be the Lord of their life, to give them rest and to give them peace. It is finished. Jesus has conquered death. Jesus has conquered sin. And all are welcome to come to him in repentance and faith. Lord Jesus, for those who are captivated by you, and yet there is so much sorrow that may fill their life, may they know that the Lord walks with them and guides them. And may they know that he is compassionate towards them. And as we have experienced the compassion of Christ, may we then, by your grace, be compassionate to one another and to those in our communities. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.